0: Let's go. Mad at my mom when I got in the eighth grade, and she gave it all way to my cousins. I was like, Man, "You're too old for this stuff, Mom." It's collector stuff. I mean, I, you know, you, I had the playset where you could dress up as He-Man. He-Man was so cool, but He-Man derived his powers from Castle Grayskull, the castle in the background, and the way he would do it—you just saw—he would hold, he'd take the sword, he put it in and say, by the power of Grayskull. I had the power, and all of a sudden, he went from this wimpy guy to this. Very muscular, superhero type guy, and everything was great. Well, today, we continue in our series, say, what does the Bible really say that, with a belief that many hold, um, that kind of reminds me of humanity. This belief that, through Jesus, I can do anything. It comes from one verse that we take way out of context. Um, and use it as a mantra. And if he meant like in it, it's used. When he says, by the power of grace I have the power, you knew in that moment he was going to become strong. He was going to start throwing things left and right. It was going to be okay. And we use this same verse. We put it on our walls. We put it on posters. We put it on bumper stickers. Evander Holyfield put it on his trunks when he went boxing. And that verse is Philippians 4.13. And that verse says, we might all know it, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Let's pray this Lord. Father God, we come to you right now and we thank you and we praise you for your blessings. Father, we ask right now that you would take this time and use it for your glory. Father, use me as a vessel. May the words that I speak be yours and yours alone. Father, we thank you and we praise you we ask all these things in the name of your son Jesus and for his sake and all God's people said. Amen. And now some of you may be gone, Brother Troy. You went off to Medley. last last. I was okay with This week, you can't touch that verse. You can't touch that. That's what I use for everything. Okay? That's fine. But there are four reasons as you read this verse why this verse does not say what we think it says. The verse is, this interpretation fails the logic test. Quite frankly, it doesn't make sense there are logical things that I can't do through the power of Christ who strengthens me. I will never be a prima ballerina through the power of Christ who strengthens me. I will never be able to breathe underwater without equipment through the power of Christ who strengthens me. I will never be able to fly like Superman through the power of Christ who strengthens me. Even the most supernatural occurrences in the Bible can still pass the logic test. The parting of the Red Sea. Exodus gives a reason why. A strong wind came from the east and blew all night long and parted the waters. There's a logic test there. Um, Christ's resurrection. Supernatural, yes. But when you put everything else together, when you add all the things that come up to it, there's no other logical conclusion. <laughs> you can't go anywhere else. I can even look at the response of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the Jewish people, and give a reason logically why Christ's resurrection is true. Why? Because they tried to bribe the guards. You don't try to bribe the guards to tell something you know isn't true if the thing that you're trying to get them to hide isn't true. So it fills the logic test. The Bible is a supernatural book, but it will always logically fit together. So what we're saying here isn't the things in the Bible... That there aren't things in the Bible we can't understand. There are things in the Bible that we're always going to go. Huh? I mean, the Bible tells us we see here, as through a glass darkly, we don't see everything. We see shades, we see symbols, we don't see everything. There's always going to be things we don't understand. What we're saying is when all the facts are looked at, God's word will be logical because it's wisdom. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And when we look at the wisdom contained in the Bible, we find that there's logic there. There's, there's nothing that, that doesn't happen. So this interpretation fails the logic test. There are certain things you can't do, but this also interpretation also fails the theological test. There is one thing in creation that God can't do. Now, I know all they are going. Wait a minute. God can do anything. Yes. But God can't do anything against His nature. God is holy. God can't do things that are unholy. God can't do anything that goes against His nature. And so, if we interpret this as I can do anything to Christ, we set up God to bless things and empower us to do things that go against His nature. I can... Rob this bank through Christ who gives me strength. I can cheat on my spouse through Christ who gives me strength. I can steal this car through Christ who gives me strength. I can spread this rumor through Christ who gives me strength. Those are all things that go against the very nature of God. And so we can't claim those as things. So when we say anything, we put God to this test that he, He's not going to pass. Because God won't do those things. And, and God will not bless things that are not in His will. One of the things that makes me cringe and has always made me cringe, and, and Harry's always just like, just get off of Facebook. Because I will see people who are just steeped in sin who are saying... God has blessed me so much? What? Wait a minute. God didn't bless that. That's not God's blessing. That there's something else going on here. Because God doesn't give you the power to do things you're not supposed to do. God doesn't say yes. We can't do anything sinful through the power of Jesus. We can't. And so the word anything there can be possible. We can't say I can do anything through Jesus because when we say that, that means anything. And anything is a pretty all-encompassing word, right? It means anything. So it, 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 it fails the logic test. It fails the theological test. But it also fails the consistency and practicality test. Now, you're probably What? What does that even mean, Brother What does it mean that it fails the consistency and practicality test? Remember in Bandit Holyfield? He was wearing this verse on his trunks when he was knocked out. I mean, I guess he could get knocked out through Christ who strengthens him. But he went in there thinking, I can win this match through Jesus who strengthens me. And he got knocked out. What does that mean? teams let's say there's two basketball teams and both of them are claiming this truth that I can do anything through Jesus who gives me strength who wins if both of them claim if they're claiming it thinking we're going to win Jesus is going to give me this win because I can do anything through Jesus and that's the claim if that's the reason who wins They both can't win. You know, in the immortal words of uh, Ricky Bobby, you can't have two number ones. You find yourself in this spot where if you're going to be correct in your interpretation, for an interpretation to be correct, it has to be consistent in all situations. If both sides believe they can do anything for the interpretation to be consistent, they would both have to win simultaneously. And for this interpretation to stand up, they would have to do that. And it doesn't stand up to that. So what do we do? If all of these things stand in the way of this verse really meaning I can do anything through Christ who strengthens me, what do we do with this verse? Well, in biblical interpretation, context is key. You always have to read the context. And so there, I want to read to you Philippians 4, I mean, 4, 10 through 14. It says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that once again you renewed your care for me. You were in fact concerned about me, but lacked the opportunity to show it. I don't say this out of need, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances that I have. I know both how to have a little, and I know how to have a lot. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content, whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need. I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Still, you did well by sharing with me and my hardship. Paul is speaking here of hardship. Paul is, is speaking here of contentment. He's speaking of the hills and valleys of life. Where at one point you may have abundance, and at the next point you have nothing. At one point you may be well-fed, and at the next point you may be hungry. This is Paul's context for this verse. How often do we find ourselves in different spots in our life? And it doesn't take that long. <laughs> I, uh, didn't start investing in my 403B. It's not a 403, it's it's a special pastor though. I can't remember the number. Until a few years ago. And man, when that stuff starts taking up just a little bit of time, you start going, ooh, that's kind of nice. And then you hit you hit this spot, you know, it was like whether it's 10000 dollars or $20 or five dollars or whatever it is, you hit this one where you go, oh, I've made it. And then the stock market falls. And that $10,000 is 6000 And you're going, what? I remember in, in an ministry class, I had a supervisor. He was the DOM. And I walked in, and he was just sitting there at his desk. His secretary told him I was coming in. And I walked in, he was just sitting there shaking his head with his back to me. For like five minutes, he just sat there shaking his head. I was sitting there watching him going, well, this is awkward. I'm like, <clears throat> attention, and he turns around, and I was like, everything okay? He was like, I was just realizing i got to work 15 more years before I can retire. like, what? He was like, my retirement just fell in half. Like, That's what Paul's talking about. Those times when you have an over and abundance, and those times when you have very little, and Paul is talking about this hardship. What Paul is saying, he's not talking about success in business. He's not talking about being a good athlete or making it big as a singer or becoming president. Paul isn't talking about being successful at all. Paul is talking about the ability to endure. The ability to do the things that he's supposed to do. This isn't a promise of power. It's a promise of presence. We want to claim this verse like he man. By the power of graceful. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See the sword. Yeah. that's how we want to look at this but what Paul is saying here isn't I have all of this power, he's saying I have all of this presence he said I know that you wanted to come and help me, but you haven't had the chance, I know that you wanted to love on me, but God hasn't opened that door, I know that you were concerned for me, but it was without need, I'm okay, and he said and I don't say this, because I don't appreciate it. I say this because... no matter what I'm going through... no matter how hard it gets... no matter how much I have... whether it's a bunch or a little... whether I'm full or whether I'm hungry... no matter what's going on... I know that God is with me... and I can do all things... through Him who strengthens me. That's what Paul is saying. He's saying, I have a promise of support. When I go through trials... when I go through tribulations... when I go through anything strength to endure he never leaves me alone he walks with us a better interpretation I can endure all trials through Christ who gives me strength that's what it means that's what we need to cling to and so now this morning you're you're sitting here going wait a minute but how do I use this When I'm out there running that last mile, when I'm I'm deep into the last quarter, when I don't know what it is that I need to do, how do I use that? How do you use this? When your lungs are burning, when your legs are ready to give out, when you don't know how you're going to make it across the finish line, you have a promise of presence and support. You know that God is with you and if you call on him, he will give you the strength to carry on. He doesn't promise the victory. He promises the support to walk with you no matter what. There were lots of times that Paul didn't get the victory. Paul would go in and, this is Paul. He raises people from the dead and he, he does all these great things and all of a sudden, he goes in and talks to some people and they say, we're going to stone you. They stone him and throw him out at the city gate. You're done, dude. He gets up, dusts himself off, and walks back in. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Paul's sitting in prison, writing these letters. Man, can't go anywhere. He's under house arrest. He doesn't have any freedom. He doesn't, he doesn't get to make his own choices. There's nothing he can do. But he says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can endure even this, through Christ who gives me strength. That's the mantra. That's that's what you hold on to. That's what you come away with in this verse, is when the going gets tough. When life is giving you more than you can take. We talked about last week, right? When life is giving you more than you can take when there's nothing else to do, when you don't know which way to turn, when there is no good answer, that I can overcome even this through Jesus who gives me strength. That's the key. That's the answer. Man, I, See, this is one of those verses that when Carrie and I got together, we almost didn't make it. Because this was her verse. I can do anything through Jesus who gives me strength. i there better. I said, "Really?" And then she got mad at me. <laughs> but then I took her here and I said, "Look, I can't do anything." So because that doesn't even make any sense. I said, "But guess what? I can overcome. Anything. I can overcome any pit that I'm in. I can overcome anything that I have to, to go over." Any mountain he puts in front of me, any valley that I have to sloth through, any swamp that I find myself in, any place where I find myself just mired down. Anybody watch the never ending story? Man. There's that one scene where a tree is in the swamp with Artax's his horse, and the horse starts sinking. Then he's just crying, Artax, no, don't give in that. I can overcome that. Jesus who gives me strength. That's the kind of situations we find ourselves in. That's the kind of place that the devil wants to hold us down to. We've gone through a year of that kind of swamp. Right? We've been dealing with that this year. And we find ourselves going, I can't handle this anymore. I can't do this anymore. There's no more that I can take. But God promises you don't have to have the power, you have to have the presence. Because when you pray for His power, what are you praying for? Remember last week? I asked Him three times to take away this thorn in my flesh. He told me no, and he said, guess what? My grace is sufficient for you. Why? Because my power is perfected in weakness. If I pray for more of God's power, I'm praying for God to make me weaker. Mm. (laughs) That's it. That's what I'm praying for. I'm not saying God, make me human. Let me take on this thing. I'm saying, God, I can't do it. I can't do it by myself. I can't handle this. Jesus, as Carrie and would say, take the wheel! It's not mine anymore. I've given it to you because I can't do this. I can't hold on to this. But I know what? With your presence... Set church members with me once. Go figure. We were in our second pregnancy, and uh, I taught a Sunday school class, which uh, <clears throat> they were—they uh, were interesting people. I loved the class, but they're very direct and they're very blunt, and they asked me how I felt. Was I excited? And I said, I'm cautiously optimistic. What? I'm cautiously optimistic. What does that even mean? What that means is I'm going to smile when she's around. I'm going to hold myself together when she's around. And I'm going to act like I'm over the moon when she's around. Because she needs that. But I also know that if what happens last time happens this time, she's not gonna handle it well. And I gotta make sure that I handle it well, so that if she needs me, I'm there. And then it happened. And we went to the appointment and again, they didn't find our pain. And Carrie denied it for three weeks. I can overcome even this through Jesus who gives me strength. You see, She hadn't passed the baby yet. So in her mind there was still hope. We went on a trip to Wyoming and Montana and back and it was before it was three weeks before anything ever happened. And then we had to overcome it again. And then a year later best friend of mine, my mom, and I remember, <clears throat> I remember getting in the car and driving three hours, apparently, and I remember making every funeral plan on the way, and I remember everything being okay. until I walked in the doors of Bob Carlisle, Bob Gover, Peter home and there was someone out of her beauty. And I was done. And I said, Jesus, I can't do this. I can't even know what to do. Carrie doesn't know what to do when I'm like that because I'm not like that. Jesus, I can't do this. And then my uncle was behind me. My mom was birth. And he loved me. And he picked me up. And he said, come on. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. It's not about power. It's not about success. It's about the fact that when times get tough, when everything's topsy turvy, got all these songs going through my head right now. <clears throat> A lot of young people might not know this song, but probably old people will. You know the song Big Bad John? <laughs> when you're at the bottom of the mine, and there ain't nothing but darkness, this verse is John who picks up that beat and the minor says there's a lot of above. Maybe this morning. Maybe you're upset with me right now because I took your mantra away from you. I'm sorry. But I really believe this is so much more powerful. Maybe this morning. You've been going through the hardest time of your life. Maybe the, the walls have closed in. Maybe everything is dark and you don't know where the light is fairly hold it together right now because I'm mad at this world, put it that way. But my seven-year-old last night panicked and he said, Daddy, I don't want to die. That's what this world has done right now. But you know what? I can do even this through Jesus who gives me strength. world has gone crazy and there's no doubt about it and when's the craziness going to end only god knows because i don't know but god knows and god's got a plan and he's he's walking that path and he's clearing that way and if he'll follow he'll show us where it's at but even this even all the things that are happening and all the questions and everything else everything we can overcome through jesus no matter what it is, we can overcome it. Maybe this morning, you've just been down in the dumps. You have have not been able to overcome this feeling of overwhelming, oh my gosh, the world's just coming to an end. Now's the time to say, Jesus, I'm done. It's not me anymore, it's you. I need your presence now more than ever. Maybe this morning you want to pray. The altar's open, I'll pray with you. Maybe you want to start a missions or ministry. Maybe you want to join this church in membership. Maybe this morning, though, you've never known Jesus. Maybe you are literally groping around in the dark, looking for daylight, and you don't know how to find it. I'm here to tell you today that Jesus is the light. He's the daylight. He's what will show you the hope when the rest of the world is falling apart. He is it. If you don't know Him, now's the time to know Him. Not tomorrow, not next week, right now, because we're not promised tomorrow. But where are you at this morning? Whatever you're needing, get it down. Get